0: i was introduced to you by kayla and um introduced to you as the co-founder of the emerging lens cultural film festival but then we had a conversation and i learned so much more about you and realized that you have so much more going on so can you talk a little bit about what you've got going on and kind of like your your diverse experience in the art industry where did it all begin like kind of what did you start with
1: Sure. Well, we don't have 2 hours, so I'll try to uh, minimize. <laughs> um I you know, early at an early age we we kind of have an idea um based on our likes and our activities that we do in school where we want to go. And so I'd say probably around um junior high school, you know, I was doing little things for for our class, you know, oh, film this or um you know, do that for drama class and I entered into drama class and I realized that that was where my heart w- was, you know, I want to start writing and creating and that kind of thing in about early junior high. And, but I, re- I didn't really know where to, it, if it could be a career, I thought it was just like an activity based thing. So as I got older and it, and it never left, I'm like, I only, every time I wake up, I only think about, you know, a movie or filming a movie or, or writing, you know, be on stage or, or singing or whatnot um, I realized, okay, so can I do this all the time or do I have to hide this and then go do a boring, you know, I call it a T4 (laughs) job. Um, you know, do I have to do that? So when I was 18, I actually applied to, um, NASCAD and um I got in and my mom said, NASCAD, what's what's what are you gonna learn there? I said, Well it's our college mom. All uh, right, well there's no money in art. <laughs> God bless her heart. You know, I know she didn't mean it <laughs> in you know the a mean way, but just basically it's not something that we see at, that we can do as a career in any part of the art. So um what I did was literally um I picked up a camera and I said, Well, you know what? If no one's gonna teach me how to film, I'll film myself. So <laughs> I bought a camera and i picked it up and i made like a couple of like mock videos i remember my first one was of rihanna and i got all my cousins together and said okay you're rihanna you're little mama you're <laughs> and we shot that video and we put it up on youtube when i first discovered youtube and it got a lot of hits and i'm like they were just like oh this is cute and i was like i put oh i was the director and then you know and we had bloopers in there and so it was really really cool and i'm like okay 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 but i'm really stubborn and i just couldn't give let go of the fact how can I do this as a career so I met um, a couple of folks Um, I don't I can't even actually remember where I met my first couple of mentors but they were filmmakers they were documentary filmmakers and they were running a program at the old CBC building um, basically how to start in the industry so when I started talking to them um, oh I believe it was a a viewfinders uh, uh, activity that I did and then because it was in the same building that's how I met them so um, their names, uh, Ann Veyrel and Connie Littlefield. So they're award-winning filmmakers. So even right then, how appreciative I was, I was still in always in the back of my mind, where are the black people, where, where are the black people that are in the film industry. Like I don't, I don't see us. I don't see. And I started feeling like very lonely, but still trudging forward. So um, as I, could, they taught me how to do film, taught me what the industry was like here. Um I just literally my first I, I always joke and say the first um, film festival or the first year of the film festival was when I picked up the camera and I shot about six little videos and put it on, uh, put on a little video uh, or a film festival at the uh, East Preston Cultural Center here. And six people showed up, but the right six people showed up and I screened that on the big old 52 inch screen TV because <laughs> so, I'm like, darn, I just made a decision that if. There's nobody here that can teach me how to do this that look like that looks like me. Well, I'll start it, and then they'll come out of the woodwork, <laughs> and that's just that has been my drive, my driving force. And then I started getting into acting and all this, all this jazz. So to date, um, I currently have a small little um, show called the Art and Soul Report on CBC. So that happens every Monday morning um, as a part of Portia Clark's um, segment on Information Morning. So that's my. Um, in the mainstream uh, job. And then I'm also the manager of community, community navigation at the link. So I was on the board of the link. So that's um, a, a, a complex downtown Halifax that we, we just got a bunch of money just to renovate it into a new art center. So it's called Lighthouse Art Center. And um, so that's my other main job. And then on the side, I'm also a playwright. I sing in my praise team choir, I write songs, compose songs. You do a little of everything. <laughs> and I'm a filmmaker as well. <laughs> wow, yeah. And a budding animator. <laughs>
0: yeah, so it seems like you've kind of done a little of everything, eh?
1: Yes, yes. Is that something yes. that's
0: your favorite? Like what's your what's your favorite thing to do? Like, to do? Oh,
1: I just I love writing, writing. cuz I I do I love writing and I remember like a couple years ago someone asked me oh could I enter in this writing contest because they were trying to get help more BIPOC people be um, uh, writers and uh, what do you call it Um, composers and whatnot Mm -hmm. and so I was like I don't write songs what are you talking about so I didn't go into the contest but then when this opportunity came up to do my first original um, Viola Desmond musical they were like here's 17,000 bucks make a, make a musical. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay. I have six minutes to do it. Six minutes, <laughs> six months to do it. <laughs> and I'm like, y'all are crazy. So I said, okay, no, if that's what the Holy Spirit put on my lap, well, I'm going to do it. And so that happened. And I wrote about 10 ish, 10, 11, 12 songs. And, uh, yeah, and so nice. that was pretty much, I realized, oh, I'm actually good at this, but you can't claim that, you know, we can never claim to be You know, I might be the front facing part of it, but honestly, it's blessed. And as long as you're, you know, you're taking um, that spiritual side of it seriously, then the Lord can hook you up to put your put supernatural on your natural ability. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. so I say writing plays is my favorite and and animation, like I'm really, really excited about doing some animation because my daughter's a graphic designer, graphic artist. And so, yeah okay okay yeah okay. marrying the two
0: <laughs> yeah yeah um so that kind of leads me into the next question here about black black people or people of color in general in this industry here so um i think we know i think we can all both agree that um it's the, the industry is disproportionately white like there is significantly more white people than there is black people and like you said in any industry like as a person of color you're always looking for people who look like you right so um yes. I was actually watching an interview on CBC with this woman named I think her name was Jennifer Holness. So she's a mm-hmm. yes. she's a, yeah she's she's a black yep. filmmaker here,
1: and yes. mm-hmm. um, she
0: was talking about um, the, the issues with receiving funding as a black um, mm. as a black creator um, in this industry. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like, do you have this, a similar experience to her with? issues with receiving funding, um, do you see it as an issue?
1: Yeah, so so there's a couple of things going on there, a couple of issues. So it's, it's it, I guess the blanket issue is being a person of color, mm-hmm. right? They're not seeing our story. So the other couple of issues is we are not the writers. So because we're not the writers, we're not the producers, we're not getting the funding. And they're not they're not producing our stories. So if they're not producing our stories, they're not getting funding for our stories. They're not seen as as important as a, like a white person's story. And number three, it's 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 basically like um, how can I explain it? Um, we we don't have the criteria. So for example, your producer is the one who gets the funding, and if you don't have producer credits, you're not getting funding. And so the the bar is set way way too high it's not that we can't we're not at that level it's just we don't have those credits how do you get those credits how are you going to get the credits if they're not hiring you if they're not um putting you on in, in crew positions like so so it's a, it's like a catch-22 we're running around in circles so so that's why my team and i kayla included in that um we're looking are we don't have an industry here like in in east coast there's no black industry here there's, we don't have enough actors. We don't have we don't have barely any writers. We, like they're just not here, so they can't say, "Oh, what's the black industry, the film industry, or the theater industry like here?" We don't exist as a whole yet, so we we need to get people in front of the camera and behind the camera, and that starts with our writers and our directors and our uh, producers. That's where it, it begins.
0: Right. It's kind of like it's kind of like Catch Twenty Two. You need experience to get a job, yeah. but you can't get a job without experience.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Do you know of any type of funding that's out there specifically for people of color?
1: Well, Telefilm has been trying to be the leader. It came out that, you know, they could have done a lot better than what they had done. So if you were already with them, you could, um, they matched your funds that they funded you for, for a festival. But then um, because you are predominantly um, people of color that run a festival or whatnot, they were supposed to give more or double that or whatnot. There was a different percentage that they were not doing. So they've turned that around and they have created streams, like more funding streams, for people of color. And so they are leading the charge on there on that. They are the federal um, funding body. And so let's, we're, we're kind of hoping that that triples down to provincial and to municipal. Um, so, yeah, so that it's, it's, It's less hard. Like they can't if you like I said, if you have the credits, they can't ignore you. Mm -hmm. And if you're coming in with with your with our stories, they can't ignore you. So behind in in the back of their mind, they may not want to give you the funding. But what they're sitting on and riding on is that we don't have those in place Mm -hmm. so they can continue to deny us because they're not in place. So this is why we're trying to let folks know You, we're, we're trying to act, we actually created a mentorship program and we've partnered with Doc Atlantic and um, uh, with uh, Women in Film and Television to create these mentorship programs that not only pay you while you're learning. So giving you a living wage, but will match you with a mentor in the, the industry. And
0: this this mentorship uh, program is for people of color
1: yes so there's one that's through um doc atlantic right now and screen nova scotia also um uh they created one so it's called diversity i can't remember but it's for it's for buy folks but that's through three screen nova scotia and so what happens is you're um you go on a production and you're paid um you know an internship uh for a couple of weeks and as well as our team has one as well charles taylor theater and media arts
0: wow that's a beautiful thing we definitely need more of that for sure um, yes. But in this yes. interview that I was listening to, actually, it's funny that you mentioned Telefilm. So uh, Jennifer actually spoke of that, um, is that organization or is it? A-
1: yes. Yes, it's it's the federal funder. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah, and uh, her her main point was that over the years she's received. I think she said forty five thousand um, dollars of um, funds from Telefilm, but they give out. She said forty five million dollars a year.
1: Yes. And what percentage is that? Not even one. It doesn't even hit one percent. So, they would be like, so sure we're yeah,
0: we give you forty five thousand dollars.
1: But yeah, grand that's...
0: scheme of things. That's nothing.
1: No. And this is what I keep telling them when I'm at those tables, like finally after years and years and years of like finally at those at those tables where I can let them know I'm in front of the folks that make the decisions. And I'm letting you know, stop dusting us in all your areas. Number one, stop dusting us in your staff. So your staff, your staff um, and your management that make decisions needs to look like us a little bit more mm-hmm. and stop dusting us in your funding decisions. You know, so so d- d- I just call that a dusting like you're only giving us cookies, piddlies. We're used to it. And, and I'm, it's not about being used to it anymore. This is what we deserve. Our stories are just waiting to be told. There's so much, mm-hmm. so much waiting. But yeah, it is that you can't even you can't even be proud if you are shaking can't even shake a stick at one percent of your funding goes to BIPOC. Yeah, um, yeah
0: it's and that's not what they talk about though. They focus on what they did and what they gave, right? Yeah, and I, I think we spoke about this before about the the necessity of people making room for us, right? It's like so yeah, so white people that are on top they need to step back and say, you know what. You this is where you belong. And that's that's what we need for for really impactful change in, in your industry and in any right. industry. Right. It's they need to make right. for us. That's what needs to happen.
1: Well, I find the thing now is that the, the only thing I can give them is that, thank goodness, at least they're listening, you know, because they had they got no choice. You know, they like they for our festival, they do treat us really, really, really well. Um, and they I've, I have to say that they have from the beginning. And I mean, they as in specifically um, Denise Jamison that's our program officer um, and Lori, I um, can't remember name last name at the top of my head. But they personally are were allies from the beginning. And so those are the people that I thank and I thank them by name. So so they are um, in their section here in the East Coast. Thankfully, they're at the charge to help their cohort, their uh, colleagues see the light of the day. You know, so they've always treated our festival good, but now it it has to really be amped up and trickle over into productions. Um,
0: So let's move on to the next question, I guess, um, with respect to racism and discrimination in the industry. Um, So, of course, I mean, there's racism and discrimination in every single industry out there. But can you talk a little bit about how it might be different or maybe your experience, if you want, in the, in the art industry and in anything that you've, you've, experienced, yeah. that you've seen? Of, of course, the, the disproportionate yeah. thing is a huge factor. Um, even without that, but mm. yeah, if you, if you don't mind talking a little bit about
1: that. Yeah, so it's it's a li- it's it's tough sometimes talking about because like I said, the allies that I have still don't don't see sometimes um, the underlying microaggressions that they have, and and I don't mind talking with someone and letting them know understand you know why what they said matters, um, but at the same time, so for example, like. Um, in my, I've been in my playwrights unit for my newest musical um, for about two years now, just because of COVID. It's been pushing everything, but we've stayed in the unit. And I'm the only black playwright in this particular unit right now. Like, thank God again, that's changed. Like, I've helped um, a couple of new ones get into the new colony. So we'll be getting some more black um, playwrights. But um, yeah, so this current unit that I'm in, Um, I just kind of noticed like it's almost like I was afraid of any new accomplishments that I that was happening to me. Like every time we tuned tuned into a meeting, um, the artistic director would say, oh, what's happening with your play? Like where it's going? And I because my beginnings were like really quick, I write really quick. And so I could see that people, like I will watch their faces, you know, the faces of the other players. And when I say, oh yeah, well I have, you know, a full script right now. And they're like, what? I don't even have 10 words, you know, that kind of thing. And oh yeah, like I started with like song titles and now like five of the songs are completely written or like, it's just, this is because it's what I'm used to. But then I started feeling like I didn't want to offer, you know, like what was the accomplishment that I was having because I was kind of like holding myself back and like, why am I doing that? Like, these people are great and whatever, but they ain't, you ain't paying my bills. So why am I afraid I them, right? <laughs> to like, you know, show my real like black girl magic yeah. around you? Like, you know, so, and, you know, and I know that they didn't mean anything, but it just, it, it felt like these, these hawk eyes on me and like the, the I, I don't know, like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, and so I knew that that was on both sides. It was both me. Why Why am I afraid to, you know, to, um, to show like what's happening with my, with my work and, and the, the uh, accomplishments, accomplishments and whatever. But then on the same side, like, why are they giving me the looks? Like when I see the rest of them talk about their pieces, Oh, happiness, glee, joy, and Oh, and celebration. But then when it came to me off her mind, like you get the, and, but our artistic director, Pamela Halstead, another gorgeous white blonde, you know, she she's another strong ally because she's actually the one I have to give her the credit that helped me develop my professional career and like being a playwright. And so and, and I watch her face and she's so that's how I uh, how I trust her, why I trust her, because I've watched her face and she's sincere about it all, no matter who you are. So. That I gained. Um, I, I I trust her now with that, with my, you know, my writing and whatnot. So that's good. But when I look at these other playwrights, it's like, man, they are afraid of us brown skin mm-hmm. folk coming up and taking their their change.
0: 100 <laughs> percent showing them up. That's what they're afraid of. Right.
1: Yes, yes. Because I mean, I, I'm not going to put no names on it. I can't because I, I can't do that. But I'm, I one of my supervisors and mentors for my work and in the industry, he's from Toronto, but he's been living here for about 20 plus years. So a, a professional in. Um, everybody in Canada knows him. So he's he's he knows what he's talking about. So we, we had a meeting one day and he said, I'm sorry to tell you, but do not ever compare your work. With anybody here because if they were working in Toronto, they wouldn't even get work. Well, I'm telling you, I died, and I said, "Oh my gosh, don't tell me things like that because (laughs) I look at people, I feel, I feel so sorry." So it's like, and I'm not the only one. Like I've seen work from people from our community and whatnot. Like these people can write. Samuel Provo Mm -hmm. wrote a couple of plays. Cindy King. They can write. So I just, I just, my goal and my dream and desire is to to have us come out in droves, keep writing people because some, some of these folks, they need to keep the ink in the pen. A
0: hundred (laughs) percent. Yeah. Um, Just kind of a follow up to that. Do you feel like, so I know that I feel like this in every aspect of my life, when I was studying in university, at work, even sometimes in my personal life, I feel like I have to, because of the color of my skin, I feel like I have to overcompensate. You know what I mean?
1: Yes, Yes, my.
0: harder than I probably have to. Yes. You know
1: what I mean? mm-hmm.
0: Um, just because I want to, I want to show everybody that you know I, I am like I do have. You uh, know yes. what I mean? So I don't know. Do you...
1: so. I, I have two, two minds about around that. So number one, absolutely. Like, unfortunately, that is how we feel inside. But then now, knowing what I know in my, my spiritual strength that's actually just the tip of the iceberg. Like when we push ourselves, that's the tip of our talent. You know what I mean? So, so it, it, what it is, is like, um, how can I explain it? Like I, it's, it's an unfortunate driver, but I feel like that issue is a driver for us being at our best. You know what I mean? Like just, just the gifts and pulling out the gifts that, that were given to us. Um, because like that, that's, it's because of that issue that made me go, oh my gosh, okay, 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 I better get my stuff done. I better get this done on time. I better get these mm-hmm. songs written. I better get this, you know. And so because it was, I was trying to do that, and I know that, uh, you know, in order to get this funding, I better have this stuff done. But then when I did, it, I'm like, dang, that song is screaming. That should be on the radio. Excellence at its <laughs> finest. That's what pay Anybody pay attention to that? Your stuff is actually good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh my! But do we? I'm telling you, do we have to be 10, to 15 times bigger in their eyes? But I, I'm not even bothered by that anymore. Like it's just one of the drivers that I use to to get my stuff done.
0: That's a really <laughs> fantastic way to look at it. Honestly, like I mean, what else yeah. are we going to do but to put a positive spin on it, right? And right, I mean, at yeah, the, end, exactly. the end, we end up producing bang and quality work, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> if not, I mean, it passes out. Pass out, sure. But I mean. The end product is is better than it, what it could have been. Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I mentioned my sister Cindy. You know, Cindy Kane's. Like, I mean, who can come up with a song like Soul Food? Oh my gosh, Soul Food, soul food. <laughs> You know, the sisters fly. So I mean, it opened up for Rita Franklin. Like, you know, come on, who who can say that from here? Like, you know, so we've got it in us. There's more Cindy Kane's. There's more Provo's. There's more me. There's more. There's more of us. You know in the youth and i know they're budding right now in elementary yes, school and i think
0: that's, that's kind of like what i'm really interested in is the youth it's like we've got to we've got to encourage these people we've got to motivate them we've got to instill confidence that mm-hmm. in them at a really young age to make sure that it not yes. end up like what i did in, in my mid-20s that's kind of when i gained my full confidence and my full blackness and unapologetic black yes. you know what i mean like i want people the younger generation to develop that confidence at a far younger age than I did. Because You need go yes. a further with your confidence, right? Just
1: unapologetically. Yeah, yeah. and, and <laughs> uh, thank you. Unapologetically black. I can't even talk yeah. now. Unapologetically black. And so, and the other thing too, is it's really important to speak to even people like our, like when we're talking logistics, speak to people like our guidance counselors and letting them know, to let these youth know that they can, if they want a career in film, Theater, whatnot, they can. You know, there's school for it. You know, there's post-secondary education for it. Um, there's funding to support it, and there's jobs. There, there's art, um, admi- art administrative jobs to support if they want to be in the arts. You know, so we just have to stop telling them that there's only three or four or five jobs you can mm-hmm. go for, and because I know again it's not their intention, but you, they just have to expand that and let them know that you can go into the arts as a career. Mm-hmm.
0: For sure, first, yeah. First yeah. of all, we need to stop telling our youth that there's no, there's no career, there's no money in the arts because that is certainly not true.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's not, not true, true at all. But
0: that's what we've been. That's what I was told from a young age.
1: Yeah, well, I ain't telling all my business, but I've been, I have been—I ain't been in the T4. Well, I mean, I got the two new T4s, but I supported myself for two and a half years after my um, job that, you know, that I was at in my nine to five job two and a half years yeah. ago, you know, like, uh, <laughs> there's yeah, money percent. And
0: actually, that, that kind of leads into a question that I have. Do you think that it's more important that youth obtain an education, like go to NASCAD or go to NSCC, study something in the arts? Or do you think it's more about the people that you know, the connections that you make?
1: Yeah, that's a big question because I asked myself it for 25 years. Because <laughs> I, I formally went to school for civil engineering. I formally went to school <laughs> for all these things but the okay. arts. <laughs> well, girl, I, I designed an art center, so that's, that's all I wanted it for. Then I'm done. Now nah, I'm done with you. I don't want to do calculus no more. <laughs> But yeah, so, so. but my advice is it depends. You have to um, have a support to help you assess that because I would start out in school because the industry is brought to you. So I would never shun any education, but if you can't or don't want to go that route, you also do not have to, to make it. So there's mentorship programs. There's um the bus stop theaters um, give, gives programs and they call it like the trade school. So let's say you want to be, a costume designer for um for for theater and, and or you want to be the hair person or whatever there's all kinds of other avenues you can take in like workshops courses that will give you that are also taught by people in the industry so either way you're going to get it through school you're going to get it through mentorship and that kind of thing and um i call it the grassroots way that's how i came up but also too um there's also uh there's also um uh, what do you call it? Mentor matching. Yeah. So mentor, mentor matching. So you're, you're going to get it either way.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah. So yeah. I guess, I mean, it, it depends on who you are and kind of where you are in your yes. life and it could be a little bit of both, I guess. It could be a little yeah. Bit of both. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, so let's move on to creating safe spaces for people of color in the industry. Yes. Um, so of course there, like I said, there is racism and discrimination in every industry, and we've just discussed that there is racism and discrimination in the art industry. So, how Mm -hmm. can, how can we as people of color make sure that we are safe and we are feeling safe and we're feeling confident enough to kind of express ourselves and our full, and our full potential, um, in those spaces? Like, just creating a safe space for us. Like, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I I know it's it that's definitely tough but like I like I mentioned before the, the I I would start by just really talking to your mind and your heart and understanding that it's not a cliche just to say you matter like your work really does matter. Like when I started hearing from people in the industry on set while I'm waiting to go, you know, like to to do my role, what I'm there for, like just chit-chatting and they're saying like, oh, you should apply for that because I sat on that board and, you know, and and the stuff that I saw coming from there, you know, when you actually start hearing that from people's mouths, you you don't need to, but it, it, it helps to understand that we're, we're on the same playing field. So when you start understanding that your stuff is just as good, that gives you a level of confidence. And then also that um, they don't own the industry. When I started telling myself that over and over and over, white people don't own no part of the industry. The government don't even own our country. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So like, once you understand that they don't own the stuff, so that means that, well, whatever you, that's why they gatekeep. That's why they keep it so tight because they know if they lost it, and or they had to make room for us, then they 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 hold on to it so tight. So we just if once we start understanding those nuances and just those um you know th- those those little tricks and and you know trick your mind to understand, and then it starts becoming a part of you. You know, like I, I'm just I don't know, like I my I get my confidence from my mommy, and then <laughs> like she just tells me they don't own nothing, they they don't got nothing that you can get.
0: <laughs> yeah, I That's fact. That's fact yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. so it sounds like it's more kind of like an yeah. internal thing like just working on yourself personal growth that's kind of how you create yeah just yourself.
1: to start with yeah 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 yeah, and then also your colleagues around you and who supports you, and you know, um, one time I was like shopping at Sobies and someone said, "Oh, I, um, they saw they what did they? Oh, they attended my uh, hair show that I have put on that Kayla and I put on a couple of years ago." And I was like, "Oh, you remember that?" They're like, "Yeah, I was at the VIP table." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, girl, you have fun." <laughs> so, so yeah, like people actually hold on to that stuff, and like you know, so when I mean again, it doesn't necessarily have to come back to you, but. Um, so it starts knowing that you got it, you know, and then when people, um, you know, like give you little compliments or whatever, take all of that, take all of that. And then that they could become a part of your, of your strong support system. So it's important for family around you, friends around you and your little fans that you got, your little fan base that you got. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great to have them in the circle as tertiary, you know, tertiary. So primary it's, it should start in here and up there. Yeah. 100%. So, yeah. I
0: actually have a, I have a question just based off of something that you said. So how does it feel for you when, um, when people approach you and compliment your work or say that they've been impacted by your work? Like, how does that make you feel? I mean, I imagine that you'd feel kind of like okay. on top of the world, like, yes, like.
1: oh I'm almost the opposite because I'm actually like I sometimes I always say I act a monkey I go all crazy I'm like I love being on stage it's my it's my like home and I come right alive and all that stuff and you see I do all these things I act or whatever but inside (laughs) I'm an introvert like I'm kind of like both sides right and so it it makes my heartbeat really fast and my stomach goes and you know butterflies and I'm just I'm thankful. And, and the reason why so like front facing, I'm like, oh, my gosh, thank mm-hmm. you so much. And, you know, I'll, I'll carry on and I'll talk to them and I'll be appreciative for real. But the thing for me is is on my my person journey and like my spiritual journey. I'm still kind of like you You can't get um, celebrities and everything. But when you get to a certain height in this world, people act like it's it's, it's because of them. Oh, really? <laughs> You know what I mean? They act like you didn't get there by yourself. You got you got help from a mama, a daddy, or auntie, or uncle, or in your your, your savior and whoever else. So I always have to remain humble and understanding. I did not get anywhere I am by myself. You know, so so that I just have to give the right level of appreciation and the right level of <laughs> of um, if anybody asks advice, I'm always telling somebody something. I actually have a couple of um, mentees myself that I kind of mentor through their career, but like. Yeah, that's that's just my natural reaction like I'm like
0: <laughs> slight panic. <laughs> but you really should be proud of the work that you but do, Terry. <laughs> you really should cuz you're an awesome, wonderful black woman like what you're doing is Oh, thank so you. you. definitely should be proud. But I get it. I get it. I get the same anxiety too when people say nice things about me. It's like my heart is racing. I'm out of my you so much like <laughs> So you mentioned you mentee a couple of a couple of people in the industry. So that kind of leads in. It's a really good segue to our last question. Um, So if you could give a piece of advice to young um, people of color in the industry or those looking to enter the industry. Like what piece of advice would you give? What would you say?
1: First of all, get assessed and, and figure out what exactly you want to do. But even if you don't know what you want to do, just um, volunteer. Um, not too much, though, because you should be paid for your talent. Um, <laughs> not too much, just a little bit. <laughs> um, and join join the membership. So like Center for Art Tapes, um, Screen Nova Scotia, at, there's AF coupon. And, and I'm like, I'm happy to. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, I can give you all those again. Um, women for women in film and television, all of these things. I joined these boards just so I could get what is the industry about you know, like you have to be around the people and listen to the lingo, listen to the jargon. You ha- and, and see what the opportunities are like. Because again, they gatekeep; they keep it all to themselves. But but if you're a member, then they're not going to keep. Oh, she's brown, so I'm going to keep that from her. Sometimes they do that. But <laughs> if you're a member, it's being reported on, so they can't help but you not find out because you're attending the meeting, right? So you like be, um So one of the things as being a part of uh, women in film and television, I'm the vice chair there. So me and the chair created this program where if you join two or more of five of them, I think it's Screen Nova Scotia, AFCO, Women of Film and Television, couple others, then you actually get a discount. So, cause 'cause they're all of their fees together are a lot. So that's kind of what we created, but um, you get to rent equipment. You can build up um, volunteer hours so that if you can't pay for rentals, then that your volunteer hours pays for it for you. Like do background work to be around the set. You know, there's so many different inroads. And like I said, those mentorship programs, like when I send out stuff through my Facebook and Kayla sends stuff out and um, Shelly Fash and our, co- our colleagues and stuff out, join those things because I don't want it. Here's what my mother said to me. You got You got two chances to talk about something. <laughs> if you get to that third chance and you don't do nothing about it, I don't want to hear nothing about it no more. Right? So do something about it. <laughs> if you know you can act, bring it on. And there will be an acting workshop professionally coming from A and B list um, actors very soon. So if you think you can act, bring it. And Digstown will hire you.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, I think I think like one of the the main objectives of this this conversation today was to bring about the awareness of the the, the good and the bad about the industry and um, more specifically Mm -hmm. about kind of the experience of people of color in the industry Um, and hopefully hopefully yes. we can we can provide some encouragement and motivation for for young professionals young recent grads to enter the industry because we definitely need more yeah. representation we definitely need to see more brown and black faces yes. yeah so i think we i think do. it's really important i really do but I think, <laughs> thank it, Tara.
1: I think that's it that's awesome thank you so much i'm excited You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. This was fun. (laughs) Now back to work.